As superhero movies are becoming mainstream entertainment at theaters around the world, comic fans also have plenty of heroic action on the small screen to keep them sated while waiting for the next blockbuster. We are in a golden age of superhero television shows, with plenty of offerings from both the Marvel and DC universes, and the trend shows no sign of slowing down. To chronicle these recent shows and even examine some of the classics, we are proud to present Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV, covering uh, the penultimate, I love that word, although I think yes. it's overused, you know, just second to last works for a lot of people too. Yeah. Penultimate, uh, pen, and I can't say it all the time, so second to last episode of Legion, chapter seven, of this season at least, um, I want to do some housekeeping stuff first, and uh, just want to do... To well, say hi to, to my co-host first, uh, the hair metal hero, Chris. Yo, as always. And uh, what else were we going to do? Let me check our email real quick. Uh, weeklyheroics at yahoo dot com. By the way, anything in the sack? We're supposed to do pre-show, and my slow ass internet is not letting me check. But that's all right. Reach down way deep in the sack. See <laughs> if there's anything. To... Oh, you know, we get a couple spam here and then. We've oh, what do we got? Opportunity for Nigerian banking. If anyone would like to hear about it. I, ooh. But that sounds like about it. Um, for this week, anyway. Any ads for Viagra or? Uh, no, no, we get these job opportunities, you know, the, the Nigerian thing, and someone who wants us to, who must have noticed our fine art by Andy Capellish, and that's so why I get this weird spam from, like, an art school or something. <laughs> you know, so they want to trademark our, our logo. Who knows? Maybe it's legit. I'm keeping Andy from making millions of dollars or something by ignoring it, but <laughs> sorry, <Yeah>. Andy. <laughs> I don't click on spam for anybody. Um, but nope. Nothing, nothing of note. We don't even uh, we don't even get the good spam. No, no good drugs being offered. No, you know, just sexy Russian wives or anything porn. like that. We don't yeah. get any porn spam. That's all right. I know where to find it. Ah, <laughs> uh, don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, let me. Never mind. You're not going to do that one on the air. <laughs> okay. But let's let's briefly talk about well one thing I do want to make in a little apology to our listeners if we have any crossover listeners between these Legion casts and the other ones. Putting the uh Agents of Shield and CW stuff on a very, very brief hiatus. We actually have one in the can already. Um I just want to get past this Legion stuff for now, which is only one more episode in our Iron Fist round table. And then we'll have a couple uh Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ones uh, hot and ready to go for you after that, but just uh, get a little... It's just so much to cover, man. It is, you know, and and I've got a couple other things cooking that I have to attend to, so I'm just going to take editor's prerogative here and and delay a couple things, but we'll we'll keep getting you a Legion cast every week uh, until that's done, and then Iron Fist will, will drop very soon after that so and i expect that to be a rousing discussion if nothing else yes um hopefully you know maybe maybe hopefully a little we'll, we'll definitely address the controversies and the, the reviews on it on that one a little bit yeah even though we've kind of beat that dead horse a bit on other episodes but that's the one where it belongs so we'll do it again there 
Um, just the other thing I wanted to cover tonight is that uh, we've had a Justice League trailer drop in the last couple of days of this being recorded. And I uh, just wanted kind of your initial thoughts on it. And, you know, yeah, it's not it's not superhero TV, but it's superheroes. So I think it qualifies. All right. Uh, what I liked, um, I'm actually uh, warming up to this version of The Flash. Um just based on the little bit that we saw in the uh, trailer. I loved Aquaman. Um, that, that looks like it's going to be the rough and tumble, not quite the, the brave and the bold version of Aquaman, but mm-hmm. doesn't look like it's stick up his butt Aquaman either. Um, when he's riding the Batmobile at the end it's on the hood, dark. I was like, okay, Great. you know what? It's a pretty cool that, looking scene, yeah. That um, <laughs> that got me excited. Uh, the trailer tells us nothing. Yeah, really. very little. Yeah, and uh, honestly, my biggest takeaway from from it was, okay, it's the Justice League. Yeah, we saw Superman die. You should have shown Superman. Thank you. Yes, uh, something I haven't seen a lot of on some of the people talking about it on the internet, and it's it's not the Justice League without. I mean, you can have the Justice League without Superman, obviously, but. It's get him in there, please, please. Yeah, yeah. well, see that it furthers my fear that he's going to be like a third act add to the whole thing or something, or they'll have to fight evil Superman first. And I'll tell you what, if they go that way, I'm really not going to be happy about it. Um, oh God, we've already got maudlin Superman and Hobo Superman. It's like, can we? Can can I just have all these guys fighting bad guys together? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. Cyborg, I don't know what to think, man. I, I think it. I think it looks a little too CGI for him. Um, because Cyborg should be Cyborg. If you're not going to do it with the Flash, then Cyborg should be one of the more fun characters on there. Well, I always liked uh, him when he looked a little more like Robocopy. You know, it was yeah the 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 '80s version, the superpowers toy version. Yeah, I think would have yeah. been just fine. Uh, but I get what they're going for uh, with it. I just I wish it didn't look as artificial as it did, because even his face kind of looks <laughs> like it's not even his real face at some points in the trailer. Yeah. I don't know if the effects aren't done or what. Um, I would have liked you know some of the iPod white and bl- blue translucence in his uh, design, but I guess they weren't going that route. So um, there's a lot of blue in the filter on this trailer, though. Yeah, well, it's a Snyder movie. Yeah. You gotta get- it's, I mean, once the late 90s hit, everything was run through that cobalt blue filter, and it's like, it doesn't work for everything. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that I'm not I'm not going to not see it opening weekend. Oh, right. I'm going to have yeah. to. Yeah. Because it's a Justice League film, and I hope it's good. I hope I really enjoy it. Um, I have middling hopes uh, for it, but um, let's see how my attitude is after the Wonder Woman movie comes out because I, I am genuinely excited for that. From what I've seen of that, that actually looks like a, a real film. I am, uh, yeah, I am as well. Yeah. Um, so the trailer, honestly, my uh, kind of a meh. You know, it's it's as you said, it doesn't tell us anything that we didn't already know. You have to see lots of parademons. Um, yeah, which is good. I mean, that's going to be stuff for them to fight, but sure, I'd like yeah. to get a little bit. Uh, I mean, right now it just looks like the end of the Avengers, you know, that trailer. I mean, the, event, the end of a lot of superhero movies, it's just going to be them against, you know, 
faceless hordes. You know, we yeah, well, the Avengers, it was faceless hordes in the daylight. This is faceless <laughs> that, hordes in that helped. Yeah, I'm not a, a very, fan. very dark filter. Yeah, um, uh, unless, you know, some of it actually takes place on another planet, which I guess kind of almost looks possible, or at least like on a, you know, fourth world type well, base. Or something. If there's mother boxes involved, they yeah. could go anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, as long as it's not just, well, here's another scene in a rainy city, you know, and there's actually and, some... No, rainy of, cities can be fine, but it's like, sure, okay. But mix it up a little bit. You know, George Lucas even had at least three planets he sent us to. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I hate to say it, the brand has been damaged, and so my expectations are, are low, and so maybe that'll help my enjoyment of the final product. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm like you, man. I, I wanted a Justice League movie for all my life, pretty much. Of course. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be hopeful just as I was with Batman versus Superman. I'm more hopeful than I was for Batman versus Superman, like, even from the beginning concept. I mean, it's going to be pretty hard to fuck up a Justice League movie, because you just... Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, knock on wood. It um, should be, but, I mean, they've made... Well, I mean, at the end of the day, at least you're going to get the fucking Justice League beating the shit out of things. That's worth ten bucks to me by itself. Um, Batman yeah. vs. Superman, maybe not. Um, just because I knew that th that wasn't going to be as earned. At least this is a little more earned than that was. And like, well, the threat's been presented, and so it, we got a band together to fight it. It's superhero one yeah. one so yeah i mean the, but the evil superman thing how much better would that have worked if superman was this charming paragon of virtue at the start right. in man of steel and batman versus superman right it'll make no that will not be earned that now it's now that, it's gonna be like okay that will pretty well much destroy the movie for me honestly i'm just going out there so any last minute reshoot y'all want to do there dc that would be uh, the one i think it's a little it's a little <laughs> late this is the end of March we're almost in now, and the movie comes in, what, July? November. Oh, I guess. I guess they could, but... They could do it. They could do it. Um, you know, if they want to keep, you know, the fans that have been supporting their company for 50-ish years happy, yeah. you know. I mean, the dialogue from what we've seen seems slightly lighter in tone than what we've gotten so far. I mean, just the interaction between Batman and Gordon and Batman and Aquaman um, in Flash kind of having some like what's your superpower you know yeah um, that, that'd be it's, a welcome change and, and it's, it's it's gonna have to be if it's as po-faced as the last two I'm gonna be out I really am well that, that was hopefully the whole point of, of the last one at least that you know if we've dragged these characters out from despair into the light or whatever I hope and, so. Yeah, and as Gordon says, you know, nice to see Batman playing well with others again. To the Aquaman point, I'm willing to give it a chance, but I'm really not a, a fan of how they, not like I'm a hardcore, you know, Aquaman lore guy or anything, but um, I, I don't know if I'm a real fan of the whole, you know, surfer dude thing going on. Uh, um, well, uh <laughs> I think it's he's the monarch fact. of an undersea kingdom. I mean, he just should, you know. It's I don't know. He's, well, he's a, you know what? He's going to be a warrior king, and he's yeah, been a yeah. warrior king in in several versions of it. So uh, well, he's probably got some really good swimming. So yeah. Well, I I I actually like seeing the costume, the full costume that he's wearing. I kind of dig it. <laughs> it's, it's 
you know, it ain't ain't green it's not, tights, man. So yeah. No, but you could have you could have done that with a very dark green and a yeah. very very uh, gold mesh shirt or something like oh, that. I think it's a nice call out to it, and, and he's know. got the big belt buckle. Yeah, I mean that's uh, I, I'm. I want to see what Momoa does with it because I don't know if I'm a fan I, of the five prong trident, but which isn't really a trident. Five no, <laughs> no, it's not a trident, but it's a. Um, I don't know. It's it's a badass looking weapon, though. At the, yeah, at the end of the yeah, day. it is. Yeah. But I'm also getting the feeling that he's not going to need a weapon if he doesn't need to. I mean, I mean, people forget like Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter, Superman. They're all pretty close to even levels of power. Like, not everybody remembers that. Like, Martian Manhunter and Wonder Woman, definitely. Oh, yeah. Like, on the same power level as, as Clark. It looks like we will get some water work from Arthur. You know, it's, if it's just going to be Aquaman on land all the time and he's as powerful as Superman, then I, that seems pointless to me. But no, so I'm if sure I don't be- see him, like, ordering a sperm whale against a you know, something. Oh yeah. <laughs> then I'm, I'm going to be hurt, but <laughs> I, I, you know, they'll have to do something like that. I mean, that is one of his greatest assets is that yeah. he can talk to animals, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it would be nice to see it. I, I hope they do this, the noise. That it would be awesome. Yeah. It, you know what? As cheesy as it like wasn't the cartoon, if they put it in this movie straight up, whoa, 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 just like, somehow just hide it in the soundtrack somehow. Yeah. I think it'll be a hoot. It, I it, I thought Momo was going to come off as real gristled and bitter or something, but he's not. He's he looks like he's having fun. You know, yeah. oh, got the yeah. bottle of booze and <laughs> that, that seems to be an actor that doesn't have a hard time. Be having fun at any of his jobs from some of the behind the scenes videos I've seen of him. No, why would you? It's like I started on Baywatch Hawaii and now yeah, I'm getting now paid I'm to here. play, you know, definitely. But uh, yeah, ten- I'm tentatively optimistic. I-, I hope it does do a course correction because I mean, that's why I didn't see Suicide Squad. I was so kind of. I, I just hope they kind of resolve it. I mean, I know we're probably not, maybe we'll get. Maybe they're hiding Dark Side for the, the the fourth act. If it's going to be another three and a half hour movie, oh please don't! No, like that's fine. You want to introduce the Mother Boxes and the Parademons? That's great. Don't throw Dark Side. It's like you're going to cram too much in, man. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but I I would actually really kind of like them to end this iteration of the DC universe like right here. <laughs> That's just my own personal feelings, but I Well, I get the feeling that I think it kinda needs end, a reboot. <laughs> by the end of the movie, Superman's gonna be in the red and blue, right? Yeah. They're all gonna be taking on either Parademons or Steppenwolf or doing something and maybe they score a big victory but they realize that the big bad hasn't come yet, so I just don't think with the critical crushing that B versus S yeah, I think it would have been a mistake for them to write this with the assumption of a big sequel, um, which they probably did. The movies are making money, though, man. Yeah. Well, Regardless of what we think, Suicide oh, yeah. Squad made a boatload of cash, yeah, and BBS made a boatload of cash. Yeah. As long as Wonder Woman doesn't you know, bite the big one, 
I don't think they're going to slow down at all. Justice League will really have to underperform for them to take a hard look at everything. Oh, because nothing else is in production right now that I I don't think they haven't started shooting Flash or Aqu- or maybe Aquaman started shooting. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely happening. Um, but so yeah, they seem to be taking a little more cautious route about the planning of other stuff, and they're moving some things around, which could be interesting. Yeah, but, but there's no there's no reason why they can't write the ship here. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm still not happy of, of the visual look of it, and, and the no, amount dark. of like Snyderish slow mo just in the trailer really concerns me. Uh, well, when he got first hired to direct Man of Steel, I'm like, oh, he's gonna have it's gonna be like a super action packed Superman movie, which it was, uh, but totally it's not. And I don't I don't know if you can blame Snyder on that. You might have to blame Goyer and. Well, no, it was Snyder used a different cinematographer for Man of Steel, and that's why it looked like a real movie. He went back to the guy he used on shit like 300 and Watchmen with B versus S in this one. Okay. It was a mistake, in my opinion, but... This is not a Justice League show. I just wanted us to touch on it because it's... Everything current. could turn into a Justice this League show. This is current events. No, fuck that. This is my this is my special favorite X-Universe and <laughs> nothing shall invade on it. All right. So why don't, why don't we jump into... Let's jump into David's mind then. Wow. this I apologize in advance for this long-ass recap, but I didn't know how else to do it. Yes, this is uh, this is a, a packed episode. Yeah, to say the least, packed with joy and goody stuff. Yeah. So uh, we open in the halls of Clockworks with uh, f- oh, and just one more thing. I have to do a, an embarrassing uh, admittance here. In some of our descriptions on the the website for our shows, I've probably been referencing uh, mail carry. Of the two carries as K A K E R R Y, and he's actually C A R Y. I thought the K was the male spelling of Carrie for some reason. Uh, well, Carrie can be both a boy and a girl's name with the K. Right. Okay. So I just mixed those up on a couple of the descriptions. But Bill Irwin is the one that plays C A R Y Loudermilk, and Amber Midthunder. The fucking best last name ever. Oh yeah, it's fucking dope. <laughs> it's like K E R R Y louder milk. So sorry about that, folks. We'll we'll try to mop that up in the future. It's the two carries. That's just you know. I I usually say the male and female carry on because you can't hear my yeah. spelling, obviously. Exactly. Um, but we open in the halls of Clockworks with uh, female carry being pursued by a creepy whistling Walter the Eye. Uh, and we get strange red lights and sparks, and we see that Carrie is also seeing lots of zombie-like crazy people all around her. Um, and Lenny's creepy eyes pop in to look around as well. Then we cut right to some extreme weirdness, which is every minute in this show. Lenny is the yellow-eyed devil in a strange room, and my brain first went to a military operations room, because it almost looks like there's a bunch of maps and shit on the wall. They ain't maps, though, man. I was studying those things. Yeah, it almost also looks kind of like stained glass, but it's, I don't know. What did you glean out of that? Nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Especially when they went in for the close-ups, I was like... That is not topography of any kind that I'm aware of. Neural networks or something, yeah. Maybe it's how she maps out where someone is in the brainscape. Who the fuck knows? Uh, Look cool, though. Uh, Oh, yeah. But she did have a bunch of little globes sitting around, too. So, uh, 
And that's why I maybe went to Maps and Sir World. This is her war room, kind of. Uh, we see that Amy is there, and the, the devil turns back into Lenny and asks her about the day the man brought David to live with them. And her voice changes back and forth to evil. <laughs> and yep. Keeps ranting about, what did he do with it? What did he do with it? And Amy gives us a story of uh, David's arrival a bit. And flashback, and Amy's like, why are you doing this? He was just a baby. And Lenny's like, he's not a baby now. And then she notices that one of the <laughs> animals is out of its pen. And we, we cut to the ice cube with Mel, Carrie, and Oliver, and they discuss daylight savings time and, and Melody <laughs> and all kinds of shit. And Oliver seems quite confused. He's been stuck in his 70s fantasy for quite a while now. And yeah. he's not even remembering that he has a wife. Well, he thinks he used to have a Chinese wife. Asian wife. He Asian. Doesn't, doesn't remember uh, Melanie. Um, but on to business. Oliver and Carrie give us uh, some major exposition. And Oliver asks Carrie if he knows who it is. And the bomb is official. Amul Farouk, the Shadow King. Yep. And Carrie is like, the dog, of course. His name was King. Yeah. It's uh, all coming together. Yep. Yeah, Oliver reminds us that they are... I almost thought they overdid the exposition in this this episode. I mean, there's a shitload uh, of it, and it's kind, yeah, of, but, it's kind uh, of redundant, but it's like, just by in case this point, a lot of you were just kind of along for the visual ride, here's what was happening. Yeah. And I think they did need to do that. <laughs> but they present it well. It's, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. Vis- and it, it remains visually interesting, so it's not just talking heads. Beyond the brilliance this show already held for me this this episode is like <laughs> my holy grail of TV show episodes I think uh, and Oliver reminds us that they are just minds and everyone's body is still frozen in time in the real world and I'm still putting quotes around real world um, facing impending lead poisoning uh, <laughs> via the Tommy gun and the Shadow King has locked David away in his own mind and is trying to become him completely and meanwhile, they're watching uh, Mind David uh, screaming behind the ice because this show. Uh, <laughs> there was an opportunity to do that, so the director's like, yeah, fuck it, do it. Carrie uh, <laughs> reiterates for the audience that his little inhibitor bed- headband, um, if they put it on David in the real world, could yank him back into control of his body by blocking the Shadow King because mutant science. Um, he says we need to get the whole band back together. we got to go rescue the rest of them, or the rest of their minds, anyway. So they prepare to go forth in Jules Verne, the diving suit, <laughs> to rescue the rest of the team's minds. And Sid is first and easily um, saved by just taking those headphones off of her. And, uh, and she's brought to the Get Smart Cone of Silence. Yeah. And I, okay, thank you. I'm not the only one that popped up immediately in my brain. <laughs> Gotta go to the cone of silence, chief. <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. Era, it's pretty evident from my podcast what era I grew up in. Uh, I've seen reruns. <laughs> yeah. Maxwell Smart was my fucking hero. James Bond. Maxwell Smart's my dude. Because <laughs> that's me. If I have any success, for, success in life, it's because I bung, bumbled into bumbled it. Bumbled into it. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, Carrie starts to explain things to Sid, but she's been paying attention, cuts him off, and explains yeah. everything all over again for him. I've been paying attention. Long story short, rescue the others, wake David, stop people from being shot in the real world. 
Sid is going on the rescue mission, and Carrie hooks her up with the late the they live glasses. Yay! Yeah. Essentially, uh, she gives one for everyone, which will enable her to see what's real in the non-real hospital. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I took it as they just dampened like the psychic confusion David's fractured mind was giving off because when she first gets back. There's red lights and more zombie patients and screaming and horror and she puts on the glasses and everyone disappears and we go and the world turns black and white of course like it did and they live so I love this show. Uh, she says I'm coming for you, baby. And yellow <laughs> eyes is following her and we hear David screaming as we join him in his brain coffin. Back from the break, we get Melanie walking back into the battle scene and a repeat of what we kind of saw last chapter. And Oliver and Carrie show up, and he doesn't recognize her and is spouting poetry and calls himself a dedicated follower of fashion. Yay, Kink's reference. Thank you. He goes over the pickle that they're in, and uh, Melanie sees blood dripping from the floor to the ceiling. Yeah. She, she goes off uh, on a little search and, and finds the body of Throwing Guy, who uh, Walter is, well, maybe not murdered, but at least stabbed. Yeah, he's, he's pretty much dying, dead. And then, of course, did the Mystique thing on and, and took his face. Is that what that was? Oh, yeah, I assume, yeah, because remember, he's the one that was shooting at David and Sid. So, I mean, that, that she found his body in the real world, presumably, and, and Walter was the guy shooting, you know, shooting the gun. Uh, okay, all right. Yeah, I so he apparently has, yeah, like, mystique-type powers. Okay. Then we see this batshit crazy montage of a mind-throwing guy being prepared in clockwork's garb, and we see that he was the drooling man. Yep. Uh, probably in episode one, too. I, I haven't gone back and checked yet. Neither have I. Um, Sid finds him and tries to help him, but notice the, I, also, I also notice the steers have big labels of their floor number. Three, two. Now, are these inception levels of David's brain, or are they divisions? I don't know, man. <laughs> don't Female you. Carrie is, is freaking out. Because I still think uh, it's going to be possible that everything we've seen so far is in David's head, including Division 3. That's possible. Um, and that every character has basically just been one of his personalities, and that would totally jive with the comics. So it could still we go that way. We shall see. Mm-hmm. Female Carrie is freaking out and locking zombie patients behind a door, but Sid comes up and gives her the glasses, and we see it's just actually Walter the Eye pursuing her. And in the Shadow King's office, uh, Lenny is hanging out, occasionally turning into Yellow Devil and poofing away. And uh, We go to David freaking out and trying to reason out that he's not really in a coffin, but it's not working, so suddenly there's another David there, and he has an English accent. Um, who is his rational mind, because, of course, our rational minds would be British. <laughs> um, and it's split off to help him work. Basically, his powers created this, you know, another mind uh, to, to help him out of this mess. So Rational David points out that this isn't real, and David should imagine a classroom with a blackboard, and suddenly they are there. Rational David tells Freaking Out David to write everything he knows on the blackboard. Now, strap in, kids. This is where Scott started jumping out of his seat and screaming nerd things at the screen. Yeah. And probably almost had my neighbors call the cops on me. <laughs> <laughs> the, the long story short of this scene is we get an animated version of the exposition of everything that's been going on for the last six chapters, including a basically drawn-out scene of the Psy War between Professor Xavier and M.L. Farouk Right out yep. of fucking X-Men 117. 
Oh my god. Yeah. Um, you know, we we still don't have the actual label. This is Charles Xavier. They haven't name dropped him, but it, it was right there. It was a bald yeah. guy in a fucking suit. Bald guy in a suit and a <laughs> wheelchair with King. a wheelchair with a very prominently displayed X on it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we get the flash of the wheelchair too earlier on. I forgot to even put that in my notes. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, this is where I kind of bolted upright in my seat and was like, Whoa! Yeah, they're really gonna just go there. Yeah. As I said, I kind of live blogged this a little bit when I watch it, and I was just like, Chris Claremont and John Byrne have to be pretty amused right now. <laughs> and St. Kevitz has just got to be like, I can't believe they're really going here. Um, yeah, and and we all and I didn't even really this didn't register first time I watched it, and then I went on some reviews, but American David suddenly just kind of as a joke does a British accent and it sounds a fuck of a lot like Patrick Stewart. Yes. Oh yeah, I totally picked up I mean, on that. So just there's some little seasoning for you nerds. There's another squee for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. David starts to get off track a bit, and Rational Dave tells him to focus, and then I almost spit my coffee when he says, You're right, I am pretty, I am loved. <laughs> Just you know, out of the blue, like, I'm pretty, I'm I'm loved. So we learn again that his real dad tried to hide David away, and that the Shadow King found him pretty much in the womb, and uh, possessed him for uh, revenge, and that's what made David uh, mentally ill all these years, and and he fed on him for power. But Sid woke him up, and then the monster knew he couldn't hide anymore, so he started causing a ruckus. And David says, I was sick, but I'm not sick anymore, and I'm getting yep. my body back. And uh, it's fucking on like Donkey Kong. Back in black and white world, hear what I did there? Um, Sid and Carrie are wheeling, uh, throwing man down the hall in a wheelchair, which I also should have gone back and checked to see if there were X's on. Uh, Lenny's eyes are following them. Um, back in the reality, the team is trying to alter the scene to save Sid and David, but to no avail. So Oliver's like, I got this. And uh, he starts doing some weird conducting Dazzler-type light show. To Bolero. To a techno version of Ravel's Bolero, which just becomes our glorious background music for the madness to come. And it took, me forever, yeah, it took me forever to parse out what the letters that were floating around in space as he was doing that Did actually said. Did you catch said. anything? Because I didn't even second Shield. It was S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, so yeah, it was S.H.I.E.L.D. He spell, was, basically. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Almost a little... Z- yeah, wow, nice. Nice. Makes a lot of everything. Pretty much. Back in the hallways, things have become a silent movie now. Yeah! <laughs> okay! With the dialogue screens. Uh, just... I've just... Jaw on the floor at this point. To yeah. try to describe all this in detail would be folly, so I'm gonna bullet point a little bit here. Uh, Carrie gets tackled by Walter, loses her glasses, Sid is searching, Carrie is fighting zombie patients, Oliver is conducting, Walter gets a punch in, David is going through deja vu offices looking for the Shadow King or his body or a fucking snack, who knows. The Lenny shows up in the silent movie and we get the dialogue screen of the monster arrives. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Uh, Walter, Carrie, and Sid are struggling, and she grabs Walter with uh, telekinesis and tells him, It's been fun, but you can go. 
and one of the most nightmare-inducing things I've seen in a while. Oh, yeah. It crumples him up like a paper Dixie cup. It's the only real way I can know to describe it. He sort of crumples and implodes in the in the mind realm. <laughs> That's not to say anything of what's actually happening in reality. Right, which is equally, you know, very scannery to yeah. death. <laughs> Oliver is conducting in the, I mean, Dixie Cup. Just person as a Dixie Cup. That's really the best way we can do it. Or tinfoil ball, something to that effect, but something that will stay with your subconscious for years, I'm sure. Oliver is conducting, and in the real world, Walter's head starts bleeding quite badly, uh, as it would. Lenny is crawling toward uh, the women and sees what's happening in the real world room. Uh, whoops, back in a second, Lenny's dialogue card says... Uh, Mail Carrie is moving to put the inhibitor on David's head, and Lenny comes in and throws Oliver against the wall. And she turns into the ugly dude for a second and pops back to the silent film now. It's like, oh yeah, where were we? I was killing you. Meanwhile, David has gotten sick of offices, so he just starts to blow apart the entire hospital with his brain. <laughs> Carrie starts to put the inhibitor on David just as the slowly moving bullets are reaching Sid. And throwing guy suddenly shows up behind Lenny and grabs her, dragging her into oblivion, which I guess we're meant to assume is the moment the thing goes on David's head and she gets, you know, plucked in her little coffin space. Yeah, it's it's hard to know exactly, because we don't know what Melanie said to him. Right. And, uh, well, whatever it was, it worked, because... Yeah. yeah, it's almost like she, you know... He was then being kind of stored away in the, in the clockwork's mindscape, and so yeah, she like put some kind of post-hypnotic suggestion in him or something. I don't know. Some. Mutant science. Uh, yeah. So David comes back into the real world, turns around, um, turns him and Sid. They were in like an embracing position, and Sid was going to be the one to get shot. So he turns them around for the bullets to strike him instead. Which we think that they did for a second, but we see that he has actually caught them all. Yeah. Nice. A real-world Walter crumbles as well. He does a quick little just Dixie cup in real life, which is equally horrifying. <laughs> David Trans... I, I described this one as... This is David Cronenberg does the X-Men movies in, in this episode, pretty much. Uh, David transports them all outside as they are all walking away, carrying the hopefully not throwing guy on a stretcher. Hopefully not dead, but it appears he is dead. Um, David thinks the monster is gone, but Carrie tells him that it's just isolated and he needs to keep his new hat on for a while. We can get back to the lab. Uh, Back home, Melanie, of course, runs to check on Oliver's uh, body um, to discover that he is gone, but he's up and making breakfast for everyone. Spouting literature of some kind, as he's wont to do. I'm not sure there's a very specific passage from something. I didn't recognize it myself and didn't go look it up. That's for you guys at home to do and email us. Uh, yeah, Amy apologizes to... Oh, male Carrie actually goes to ask female Carrie if she wants to merge, but she declines because she's kind of pissed that he left her. Uh, Amy apologizes to David and said she should have told him about the man, but doesn't really elaborate. But I guess we're kind of assuming it would be Xavier at that point, or whoever the guy was that dropped David off. Yeah. Unless it was a buddy of Xavier's. Carrie tells David that he uh, has to get to the lab and he sees the angriest boy briefly and 
that we learned that the inhibitor is kind of unstable and might be failing him. Mm. And on the way there, they are confronted by scores of Division Three soldiers, and our interrogator buddy from the first episode was burned all the shit, of course. And he says David is coming with him, but his men uh, should kill all the others. And we cut to a scene of, uh, scene of Lenny and the Shadow King being trapped in their own little coffin, but suddenly there's a crack in reality, and we roll credits for the <laughs> big finale to come. Yeah. Which, uh, I, the promos aren't afraid to give much away, apparently, because in the early promos of next week, we see that apparently the whole Division 3 surrounding David doesn't go well for Division 3. Okay, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Which is not surprising. Um, so I don't know if that will be as much of a hurdle, but I'm assuming we're going to see a nice little showdown between a little psychic war of our own at the... Uh, around sometime in the next episode, but holy crap, man. So this is an X-Men show, kids. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no denying it at this point. I mean, I just think it's so... We've always been pondering all along in this podcast how they'd really handle it, you know, and whether they'd... It's still pretty ambiguous. It still doesn't have to be Charles it's, Xavier. No, but it's it's they've they've handled it deftly. It's uh, if you want it to be Charles Xavier, it could be Charles Xavier. If you want it just to be random guy, it's random guy. And it, it works for both audiences. It works for people that, that doesn't know the X Men at all, and it it sure gives us geeks a nice little thrill. Oh yeah. <laughs> so man, yeah, hats off to everyone involved in this thing. Um, I don't have any more to add than the twelve pages I just wrote on it. But <laughs> um, I, yeah, I had no problem with the exposition in this. Um, with a show this weird, you can milk that weird train for a long time, um, but you also don't want it to end up becoming Twin Peaks, right? Right. So it's like, if you're gonna have it be that weird, eventually, it did the smart thing. It doled out some. Sp- pretty specific answers again it doesn't say who his parents actually are but now we know exactly the timeline of when things happened and what's real and what's not real I think it's going to end up being you know I don't think it's going to end up all being in his head at the end Um, you know I think the the threat of the Shadow King will probably be taken care of next week Yeah, Um, but it's uh, it was about time to do something like this. It reminds David. It reminds the audience. And if you had any trouble following it up to this point, you know what's going on now. Uh, and wait till the last episode, which I thought was kind of no move. So we've got you know full free episode to resolve shit. You don't really have to do any of this again. Nope. Um, you know. So yeah, I, I think it was very well timed. And and again, when they made this episode, they had no idea that they were going to get a second season, so they had to be like, we've, we've got to tie off some loose ends here, so let's just do it all in one glorious visual dump and uh, <laughs> and, and move on for the, uh, the finale, which I'm sure is going to be very final and also <laughs> ambiguous enough to continue. Oh, yeah. Continue. Well, I mean, that's, that's the thing with this. It's, I mean, you can do a noise or a sound or something in post-production that can just be a tease of what's going to be the next season you know it doesn't really matter what they do it's i mean i I, i'm going to have no idea where it's going to be going i'm just 
going to wait and see what happens with the final episode. You know, just try to enjoy it for, for what it is right now, which is it started off and has continued to be an absolute fuck-with-your-mind show, but uh, not to the point where it's aggravating. Um, and this kind of clears up any aggravation you might still be having yeah. uh, in, a, in a nice way. Uh, what is Oliver coming back going to signal for the rest of the characters? Is the Carrie's relationship irrever- irrevocably damaged at this point? Yeah. Um, is there, is Oliver going to get back to realizing who he was? Uh, how is that going to affect Melanie? Yeah. Uh, it's this, so there's plenty of stuff that they can play with. Um, you know, depending upon how this first season finally does shake out. So, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, uh, I'm excited. I, I hope that they do good things with... Oh, I just read a weird story about it today, about the upcoming X-Men type series that they're going to be doing. Okay. Um, well, just the story I read today, I just read the headline, is that part of it's going to be set in World War II. I'm not sure how that's going to go, and I think that's probably just some faulty info and maybe there will be some good uh, flashbacks but I, who knows well I mean World War 2 is when we started messing around with nuclear power they yeah. could tie the, it, the know, mutations you know. <laughs> of yeah I mean they could tie the mutations to the onset of nuclear energy and nuclear war mm-hmm. so I don't know I don't know it's, we'll, we'll see I mean or maybe that could be a straight up uh, well Charles's dad didn't serve in World War 2 he served in World War 1 right Korea in the comics, I think. Was it Korea in the comics? Yeah. Okay, because then... That's yeah, where he met Amuel, basically. It was right after the Korean War. Okay. All right, because he dies, and then he's left with the mother and the stepfather, right? Who's Charles. That? Oh, yeah, yeah. Charles. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they, I don't know. I'm excited to see what they do for that, too. I want to see who the roster's going to be, and... What they're planning to do, they probably won't cross over with any of the major characters they've used in the movies, which there's enough mutants out there they don't have to. Uh, but, um, man, it's... I would love nothing more. I've always maintained that, like, Star Trek X-Men would have been done better on television. Um, uh, yeah, it probably would. I mean, the, the animated show is pretty darn good for the time. Because it's... Imp- like, this, this, you know, this series, man, you've They've been able to develop mostly every character really well and, and serve each character very well. Except yeah. the poor throwing guy who apparently was just designated cannon fodder. <laughs> um, which you got which is cool to have one or two of those, but not like every character except three of them. Um, which I just think I, I've always felt the movies have never been able to do. For me, you know, and I'm biased because I was a long time X Men reader, so I mean, I. I got to see those characters develop for years, and so that's kind of the way I want my X-Men presented to me. You know, I don't want anyone getting the short shrift as far as their characterization, so that's just so much better done on uh, a series, you know, just like the, the Netflix series. So, I know I beat that dead horse quite a bit, too, <laughs> but that's why I'm enjoying this just so much, is that I give a shit about everybody in the show at this point. Even poor throwing guy, man, I really want to know more about him, even though we're never going to get to know more about them but half the people that died in like days of future past i didn't give a fuck they're it's cool to see their powers for five seconds but that was about it (laughs) 
So, yeah, hats off to just the writing on this and, and making you give a shit about everybody's story and, and wanting to know about everybody, not just David. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else I can add, man. It's uh, It's been a fun ride so far, and I'm just I'm looking forward to see how they wrap this up because uh, it could go any number of ways. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to enjoy it, whatever it is at this point, and uh, and miss it horribly for the probably year and a half. We won't see it again. <laughs> well, they might rush it into production, man. They they could be like, all right, you got the summer off, and then we're getting right back to it. That would so, be brilliant. I love it. I, I can't imagine a show this like this is, is done any kind of quickly, though. <laughs> yeah, no, they're probably. knocking away at scripts right now, and hopefully they you know get the entire creative team back, or it's just. Because this is definitely Noah Halley's uh, vision, man. It's just, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of people's vision. As I said, this is like freaking. You can just tell this guy's influences. He wears them on his sleeve, and, and it, he he tributes them gloriously. Nice. Yeah. There's definitely some. I've seen some John Carpenter in here too, and stuff like that. I mean, it's just. Carpenter, it's Kubrick, it's Gilliam, it's freaking Cronenberg, it's all over this show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a it's a hodgepodge, man. Yeah. Wes Anderson, I keep forgetting Wes Anderson. <laughs> but legally, if you if you uh, literally if you Google like images of the movie The Royal Tenenbaums, you will see where this the clothes and visual style of this show came from too. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's wrap it then, man. Um, just loving it. Yeah. yeah. Said the, the regular stuff will be back soon. We'll have uh, the wrap-up to this for you guys sometime next week, and and we'll have an Iron Fist thing for you very soon, probably after that. Oh, yeah. So. Weekly Heroics at Yahoo.com. Fill that mail sack. Yes, and you don't have to be a guest, but you probably can and you can, if you want to just forward spam onto us, that's fine too. No, no, that's not fine. <laughs> well, it's, listen to my coach. It counts. It counts as an in in the inbox. Yeah, <laughs> that we can't read on the air, and if we click on it, it may destroy our computers. And um, no. All right, <laughs> Bad only. Girl. Bad uh, girl. Don't send us spam. We get enough of it. Send <laughs> us, send us jokes and criticisms and. Complaints and queries. Still, the goddamn if you know if I ever get to my my eBay warehouse, I could probably drag out some nice gifts to offer, and we could do like a cosplay contest or something for our four listeners. Oh, um, you know, send us pictures or something. Oh man, yeah. Why not? Uh, We're a superhero related theme here, man. Get geeky with us, kids. Come on. <laughs> get geeky and freaky with us. Yeah. Alright, that's it for another one, folks. We'll see you next week. Bye now. Bye. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com. 
Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes. And you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Freaks.